Welcome to this episode of Athletic Training Chat. Uh, for this episode, we go and we look at the industrial setting of athletic training, and we go with um, a former classmate of mine who is currently working in Wisconsin. Um, this is Andrea, and I'm not going to do the last name because I really don't want to mess it up, uh, but we, she does give it to you at the end of the episode if you want to give her a call um, or send her an email, which obviously will link up. Uh, this is a really interesting episode for me, uh, not having done much, if anything, with the industrial setting, but the way that Andrea talks about it with such passion and how athletic trainers can have such a huge effect in that area and just how rewarding it's been for her was really um, eye-opening for myself and I hope for other people. If you're in the industrial setting and you're hearing this, Andrew is always looking to connect, find new ways, new things to um, make everything better for the patients she sees. So please reach out to her. We Hopefully we'll get a few more people from this type of setting on here in the near future. But without further ado, please enjoy this episode. area to connect with anybody in the industrial setting. So I was like, maybe, you know, this was just, I don't know. I was like, there's no harm in asking. So it was very much, uh, um, you know, definitely just kind of a route. At least I wanted to, to, to try out and see if I can, I don't know. I, I mean, it's just, it's interesting because to who I talk to, it's just so new. Right. I've been doing it for like half a decade now. And it's just been it, it the, the people that have been able to, kind of get into this type of atmosphere, the, the growth is insane. Right. Um, so, yeah. So it's just been very much like, okay, I'm back in Wisconsin and um, like it, it just it's been nice to be back, but it's been very much a challenge to just connect, you know, cause it's such an underground thing. <laughs> I don't know how else to describe it. No, you know? I, and, I could understand that. Yeah. It's always somebody that connects you into it. And then you kind of, um, because some of these companies, um, I don't know, because you said you, you had a, a contact in the industrial setting right now. Yeah, one of our former graduates is, I mean, I guess it's not completely industrial, but she works for Delta, so does oh. athletic training for all of their, for their entire crew. I guess they got like seven or eight athletic trainers, so um, she'll be one that we're going to have on the short list to get on here pretty quick. Yeah, now does she work for a company or does she work directly for Delta? I think she might actually work for Delta, but don't quote me on that. No, 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 it's okay. No, that's completely fine. I, I was, I was just curious about it because um, there's so many different dynamics too. Right. Um, the previous two positions that I was in, I worked for companies that contracted us in. Okay. So there were a lot of different scenarios in which we were kind of immersed, but it was literally just athletic training, just do your thing. Um, right. So we just kind of jump in and, and obviously athletic trainers are very adaptable. So it's like, well, do you do like the ergo stuff? Do we do this? And they would always have some sort of resource that we can kind of pull from. But uh, this one's completely different. Quad Graphics was just like, we want our own athletic trainer. So they hired me on directly and we're starting this injury prevention program from scratch. Literally. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. So it's almost like I'm starting my own company kind of within the company. Um, it's just... 
yeah, there's we just got a lot of stuff on our plate this year. So Nothing wrong with that. I know, right? With you being in Wisconsin, like you kind of have an understand, like the size of quad graphics. Right. This year, we are now doubling in size. We just acquired another company, so now they're going to be blowing up. It's so now there's there's travel involved. There's all this other stuff. Um, just ultimately trying to keep all our ducks in a row kind of thing. So, um, you know, with this being fresh off the bat, they literally just kind of piloted this and said, Hey, come on board. And, uh, we don't know what you do, but, uh, you seem to have experience and, and can you just kind of try this out? So I knew as a pilot, they were just going to be like, well, you know, either they like me or they don't. So right. you know, I was taking a risk and, uh, it just, it turned out really well. We just hired two athletic trainers for our two biggest sites Lombardo, Wisconsin and then I went out to Martinsburg West Virginia and there's one over there so um yeah but I was just you know even like the resumes like what I was getting in um not a whole lot not a whole lot and it's you know I don't know it's it blows my mind because I have a nine-to-five job I control my hours right I'm here at home right now um you know it's busy but it's 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 pretty awesome just you know a weekend for sure you know um yeah there's a lot of draw to it great benefits um you know i just i just bought a house that's always a heck of a step yeah that's always a good one so it's like whenever a job opens up for this and um you know we we get like in a like a month's time like a couple resumes and like like a sneeze of them i'm like really (laughs) athletic trainers don't want to jump on this so i was like i'm trying to like you know like I don't know, talk. You know, get like you know, connect with other athletic trainers. Even Julie, she uh, she was in my class. Yep. Um, no longer saucy. She is Stam. Um, she she's out at Madison, and uh, I even connected with her in the sense of like we're not doing more industrial stuff, kind of in the undergrad setting and whatnot. And um, you know, we got ergonomists and whatnot involved. And you know, involved in in doing a lot of the ergo evals on site. But you know, people with injury backgrounds you know even just having that as an option to pursue uh, ergonomic education and whatnot it's uh it's huge just even just know like injury prevention kinesiology all other stuff it just it rolls right into ergonomics very simply um so yeah yeah uh, i know it's been just kind of an ongoing discussion but it's just been crazy it's just been I'm just, I'm, I'm really stoked to just be at quad graphics. So I'm just really, really passionate about it. So I got super, super stoked. Like, Hey, I got to reach out to Joel and tell him about this. This stuff's awesome over here. No, this is yeah. perfect. And to be honest with you, just kind of jumping right into this. I think we've already kind of got going. So we're just going to go. <laughs> That's uh, fine. <laughs> but before we go in any further, cause I do have some questions specific to just all the things you've already said, like, as the episode to kind of get everybody to know who you are. Could you give just like your background and kind of how you ended up where you were? Cause obviously we know each other from Wisconsin, Madison, very classic undergrad athletic training experience. Um, and then you were at West Virginia, I believe, continuing that kind of traditional experience. I don't remember what you did there, but yeah, just kind of fill in your background. And then I definitely got some questions on for you around this stuff. Yeah, definitely. Well, uh, my background ultimately started off at UW-Madison, go Badgers, right? Oh. Um, just wanted to um, ultimately just pursue athletic training because I knew uh, I just loved injury. You know, everybody always says I, I pursued athletic training because I love sports. Mine was just, I don't know what it was. I just had a draw to injury. It was just fascinating for me. 
Um, so as I delved into athletic training, knowing that I had a fascination and injury, very, very open-ended, did not know where I was going to end up within the athletic training realm. Um, so, you know, starting off at Madison gave me a great foundation. Obviously, you know, you've had experience there as well. Um, that manual therapy background that they gave us, it was so strong. It really was. There were a lot of different techniques that we were always taught. And we worked with so many different preceptors that had so many different ideas. Um, I, I had a huge takeaway from Madison. Um, and, w- and when I went on to grad school at West Virginia, um, I, I was really blessed with the opportunities that they gave me out there. I was able to work with their club sports and intramurals. Um, a lot of their club sports were D1. So I was, um, uh, I was, my prime responsibilities were uh, men's lacrosse, men's rugby, um, and uh, men's hockey. Uh, so we traveled with hockey. And we were able to work uh, directly with their hockey team. Um, so we were able to play, um, I, I guess, uh, nas- in the uh, national championships uh, in Ohio, I think, that final year. It was it was great experience, lots of acute injury. Um, but then also, as, as a tag on to that, we were to work out of the PT clinic uh, health works. Um, so there was a lot of physical therapy involvement. Um, downstairs was W Sports Medicine. So we did a lot of orthotic fitting, uh, worked with the staff or to, to do a lot of biomechanical evaluation. So had a, so grass more of a biomechanical evaluation background from West Virginia University um, and got my master's in athletic training there. Um, that, was, that was pretty crucial because after West Virginia, uh, I got a position at a D3 college working with their lacrosse team. So I was delved back into lacrosse. Um, Love that sport. Uh, lots of different injuries uh, between acute and chronic. Um, worked a little bit with the volleyball uh, team there, but the D3 college I was at right down in uh, Birmingham, Alabama, I was there for about a couple years and uh, came back to Wisconsin. I was very, I almost, I, I thought that my niche would really be um, clinical. Um, I, I wanted to deepen, you know, kind of delve into clinical and and see if being a physician extender was really the route that I wanted to take. Um, So I was offered a position at an orthopedic um, clinic here in Wisconsin, and I was able to work um, as a physician extender for a non-surgical team there. And um, while I was there, I actually went to a retirement celebration at West Virginia. Uh, for one of our, uh, one of the guys that ran the program. So when I went out to West Virginia, there were all these tables, everything was set up. We were obviously at the stadium. So we got to see the welcome athletic trainers, you know, the athletic training alumni banner and uh, some, one of the athletic trainers uh, was working uh, on the stadium at that time. So she pulled up in a cart and put like this big cardboard sign that said, welcome ATs. And she says, have a drink for me because she had to work the field. (laughs) So it was really, yeah, it was really kind of cute, but it was neat to kind of just powwow with everybody. Like, what have you done the past couple of years and all this other stuff. And I was wearing some Wisconsin Badger stuff, of course, right. I I didn't show up with my WVU stuff. (laughs) Um, But this woman comes up to me and she says, are you by chance living in Madison, Wisconsin? And I said, yeah, yeah, I am actually. (laughs) How did you know? Right. (laughs) She's like, uh, my company currently is looking for somebody to be an athletic trainer in, in that area and uh, cover a few of our clients there. Oh, wow. uh, would you be open to this? Yeah. Yeah. It was kind of interesting. So I kind of looked into it, but it was very, it was almost, I was nervous. It was very much, it's a, a avenue we don't talk about being in the industrial setting 
her company uh, was primarily uh, athletic trainers. Uh, they started working in the industrial realm. And what happens is, you know, you put yourself at one site and that site, that company usually has enough employees that they have multiple sites on the co- each coast, whatnot. Mm-hmm. So that's how these things kind of come to fruition. You do such a good job at one site. They also have a location here in New York. They also have a location in Sacramento, California, and they'd like somebody stationed there. They'd like somebody stationed there. Um, so it was very much of uh, the company that started, they started in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and she connected me with their group. Um, I interviewed with them, uh, really connected with them. I said, honestly, I don't know what to expect, um, but uh, t- took a chance on it, and it, it, it ended up lighting a fire basically in, in, in this, in this realm. Um, you know, when it came to physician extending, uh, I thought that was something I wanted and I went into it and it just felt like something was missing. You're almost kind of just in like the same routine and whatnot. When I went into industrial, no two days are the same. Uh, sometimes I'd be at a different location one day. Um, you know, the, the, the avenue, uh, was very kind of open-ended, um, because contracts can, stop so sometimes we don't cover certain areas but then new ones start up um you know there was even there were so many different types of work that we could see kind of in the background it was almost like an episode of how it's made but it was just an everyday experience yeah yeah so like for those of us that are kind of nerding out like how are pencils made or how is a steel beam made um you know being immersed in that um amazing but i think one of the biggest things to do was there was a sense of reward with it. There's there's a draw. A lot of times athletic trainers are drawn to this level of work because it is a nine to five. You're working during the day. Um, right. Some companies do have 24-hour facilities, so they'll have an athletic trainer on at night um, during the day. So many different dynamics. Um, what I think was really rewarding and what kind of drew me into it was that you're working with athletes in the real world. Um, and, right. and that sense of reward came that I wasn't helping Joe Schmo, the quarterback, not, not say anything about sports, not say anything about sports, <laughs> but it was just, it was rewarding that I, I was helping a dad that was trying to provide for his family to go home to his kids and be able to throw the ball without having shoulder problems or, um, you know, be able to, to go home less fatigued at the end of the day, because we did some sort of either corrective exercise or something ergonomically where it makes his job a little bit easier. So then when he goes home, you know, he can have quality family time because these guys, they work such crazy hours. Um, There's so many different avenues um, and types of injuries that we look at. There's uh, in manufacturing jobs, it's a lot of repetition we can see Um, in construction, lots of danger. Uh, I worked with road construction at one point where I was out on the road with the guys, um, you know, and actually seeing firsthand um, the, the, the true concerns that they have when it comes to their safety on site. Um, and I remember having my table set up right behind um, the, these huge pieces of machinery, but I go through the same safety training they would, obviously because I'm in the same scenario they are, um, that I'm climbing up on these like big, you know, moving vehicles just to work on a guy's neck or, um, you know, basically kind of working with them on, on biomechanically, what are some positions that he can put himself in to make him a little bit more, you know, safer throughout the day. Um, when, when it comes to working these 12, 14 hour shifts, uh, guys shoveling, um, 
you know, mass, like just heavy shovel, uh, like uh, you have like material that they're shoveling that would weigh 50 pounds of shovel and they're doing it every 30 seconds. And just, right. you know, they got a little bit of back pain, but you know, they're fine. You know, they keep pushing through it. So some of the biggest athletes that I've seen have been in this, in this um, area of work. So it's, it's been like a huge sense of reward. I remember leaving plants on a Friday ready to go into the weekend where I had my whole weekend to myself, um, well, actually smiling. Um, it, cause it was like that, just that sense of accomplishment. Like I'd have a group of guys, they're feeling a hundred percent better. Um, you know, I, I save them ultimately in costs. These are costs that, you know, if, if they needed to go see a doctor or something along those lines, I would be able to facilitate that. Hey, you need to see a doctor for this or, if it was something easy that I could handle, I'd be like, well, let's try a couple of things and, and see how you feel. Um, there's a lot of things on the spectrum that you can work with. Uh, individuals coming out of physical therapy that just need to ramp back up into their activity. I mean, it's hard to just go from the physical therapy clinic to, you know, just repetitively doing physical tasks for 12, 14 hours at a time. So um, huge reward in that. So ultimately that's just kind of what got me into industrial. I, I could talk about it for hours, but I, I just, I never thought, you know, and, and it was almost like a, just because it was an unknown and I took a chance on it. Um, I never thought that I'd really love something like this. And it wasn't until I was immersed in it. Um, you know, it just, I just huge, hugely passionate about it. Uh, there's always a puzzle to figure out definitely. So it's been, been kind of rolling i'm glad i found my niche you know <laughs> right so on top of that kind of going back to what you said even earlier about you know you just hired a couple more athletic trainers um the applicant pool wasn't real big and then just even hearing like your experience and the surprise of it all like what would you say is some of the biggest like misconceptions that people would need to get past you know, you know, to like really open their eyes up to the industrial settings. I know for like me personally, like I enjoy working with, you know, athletes in the true sense of like the competitive sports type of a thing, but more so recently and looking at some things we might do is looking at like the tactical athlete, you know, the firefighters, the EMTs, you know, getting all the way into military. Um, I think for some of that same reason you said, just kind of that sense of like, you know, no offense to division of <laughs> athletes or any athletes. like. <laughs> We're helping you guys get to done what you you know done, and there's a sense of pride and reward in that. But yeah, you just you look at it on like a bigger picture, and you're just like, yep, that's really where it is. So like, what other things did you like? Things that you would want to break down for people to just kind of like understand more about the industrial setting. Oh, it's, that's a great question, and, and definitely something that um, it, it's always worth giving a try. You don't know until you try it, honestly. Um, but some things to kind of even consider and, and some misconceptions is that I'm, I'm, I'm going to be happy in this avenue because of the hours or something along those lines, but you still are immersed in different types of settings. You need to be comfortable around equipment. You need to be comfortable taking these safety courses in order to kind of be immersed in something along these lines. Um, so very much, of, I guess, on both ends, um, uh, the misconception can often be that um, that, that it's going to be very similar. Every job is going to be similar in, in which it's not. Um, it's, it's 
the, basically the point that I'm, I'm trying to get at is like the industrial realm. I, I, I love it and I love being immersed in it, but I have been at various sites and various positions where I didn't. So don't always write it off, I guess, is basically it, you know, because you don't really know the scenario or the setting until you kind of either gather enough information about it or even just be present in it in general. Um, you know, on-site interviews are, are crucial. Um, we're able to kind of get a sense of uh, the environment that you're going to be in. Um, and there's so many different dynamics within uh, varying sites. Um, so it's, it's, it's really kind of just crucial to gather as much information about the site that you're going into in order to kind of make a, a conclusive and definitive decision. Um, because there are a lot of misconceptions that because I had one bad experience in this place, I'm going to have another bad experience somewhere else. And that's not always the case. Yeah. And, and even w with other areas too, some people are, you know, jumping into one area, you know, and loving it. So then they, they transfer over to maybe another area thinking it's going to be the same thing. And it's not, um, you know, because there's varying, uh, pools of work within that demographic, um, but definitely something that I, I, I strongly push for anybody that's just interested in variety, interested in an active atmosphere. Um, there's always a puzzle to be figured out. Um, how can I help this person with their injury? Where did it come from? Is the job unsafe? Is it, you know, a person and person's personal medical history that's involved? Um, lots of different things that kind of come in, come into that. So, um, Definitely, it's just part, a part of just, I guess, the whole research process and what you're getting into first. But um, the industrial setting, uh, hands down, um, I, I've had more positive experiences than not. Um, but, but just like any other job task, too, you know, once you do your research, you can kind of in your stomach feel what, what, you know, what's right for you and what's not. But you're definitely working in a, in a, in a man's world, too. So it's a majority of the time, it's all you're going to be working with middle-aged guys or, you know, you're going to have a little bit of that, that kind of camaraderie going on, but I love it. I grew up on the farm. My dad was a welder. So I feel like I'm working with a bunch of my dads. You know, <laughs> like That's basically so, the setup. That was a question I was going to have is how would you compare like the compliance? Cause you know, we all know athletes are always compliant, you know, what you <laughs> want them to do. And I know you talked about trying to create like the buy-in, you know, you're something new. Do people really know that you're there? Like that, you know, what is it that you actually do? Um, but how have you found like their buy-in to what you're able to do for them? How has that been? Oh my gosh. It's, 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 it's hilarious. I'm sorry. <laughs> Just, when you step in and especially in, 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 in my package here, I'm a very short five foot tall, <laughs> you know, individual coming out and being like, Hey, this will make your, you know, make, make your uh, pain go away. Or, you know, Hey, here's something that, you know, stretching's great. <laughs> and they just like laugh it off or who is this person? Like it just comes out of nowhere. Right. Right. Um, so ultimately you're, you're very proactive minded because as an athletic trainer, you're immersed in injury and you know, types of things that prevent injury. So when you come into an environment like that where they don't know you, especially a brand new contract, usually new contracts, it's like, here's a brand new athletic trainer, here you go. Um, it's almost like you have to be more reactive in order to change the mindset to proactive. You're changing a culture. So having an immersed athletic trainer makes it very, um, it makes it, it makes it doable. You know, if I were to just show up one day and that's it, 
you really don't have that buy-in factor. It's it's no. having the, the athletic trainer every day, just like in the sports setting. Um, they, they know to come to you. They know where your training room is because or athletic training room, because ultimately <laughs> I know, right. <laughs> See, that's what happens when you're immersed in the industrial setting. That's you start Dr. talking like them. <laughs> that's Dr. Winterstein to uh, every time. Is, uh, yeah. It's never say training room. Yeah. Yep, it never stops. He's always in, he's always up here. And I can never um, call a physician anything other than doctor, even if they tell me to. Can't do it. <laughs> Can't do it. Ingrained. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's it's been, it, it's a very relaxed environment in the sense of, um, you know, it, you basically go to, get to go out and, and build relationships with these people. So even just asking them how their day is going or anything like that. They get to know you, you get to know them, and you, you, you earn a level of trust in which those questions, that, that level of vulnerability that you have, and especially, you know, guys always feel the weight of the world on their shoulders, you know, providing for their families and whatnot, you know, and we do see, we do see women in these environments as well. It's, it's a little bit further, uh, farther between, uh, but it's amazing to just see you know, women out there doing this type of work. It's awesome. You know, you just kind of, the, the, it's, it's inspiring. Um, but ultimately like working with different demographics and, and uh, different scenarios, they, they're all there for one reason and it's to provide for the people that they love. Um, so there's a lot of pressure on them and they try to work through a lot of pain. Uh, they try to work through a lot of their injuries or they don't want to say anything about their injury because they don't want to seem weak they don't want to so you're almost breaking down those barriers in the sense of it's okay you right. can start feeling any early onset soreness tightness anything like that come to me let me know let's start addressing this before it becomes a full-fledged injury you know because a full-fledged injury you need to take time off from work um you have to go to the doctor you have to uh, you know physical therapy anything like that um you know we don't want to let anything get to that point so very I much know. so it's it's, it's kind of that, you know, because they're like, where does the injury prevention occur? It comes from communication. It comes from, um, you know, that level of environment. So to get that buy-in, it's almost like you have to start taking care of some of these things, um, even if it's something as simple as stretching, you know, talking to them about their day or I've had like a little bit of this going on. Once you break down those, uh, that barrier and kind of earn that trust and you have that dialogue you kind of dip in and start doing things and, and saying like, Hey, try this. And they, they're just amazed at how much better they feel. So the buy-in almost comes from just taking care of one injury, but the word spreads like wildfire. You take That's care that. of yeah, one guy named Bill and Bill just tells all his friends. <laughs> and then all of a sudden now I'm at the level where I'm getting an email and called being like, Oh, go see Andrea. She'll fix you in a day, which I'm like, Whoa, now that's a, it's a lot of pressure. <laughs> not overcommit now guys. Right. right. And it's very Flattered. simple. Yeah. Yeah. It's very simple things. Like, you know, we have our own little room, you know, if, if, if the individual needs privacy, or, you know, sometimes even out on the floor, if it's in a safe environment, they're like, oh, we don't care. You can do it right here, you know. Um, but it's, you know, little things, biofreeze, uh, tape. Um, nice. we, we stay within the realms of first aid management, according to OSHA. So um, just very, very simple things, very strips, that kind of stuff. Right. And we're always able to keep on hand, but the athletic trainer is very, um, we're very fluent in, in this type of knowledge. So it's almost like we thrive in this type of environment. Um, and yeah, yeah, the stretching, Hey, you know, I get laughed at all the time. I'm like, you just wait, your day will come and I'll be able to prove it wrong. And there you sure go. enough, yep, sure enough. <laughs> yeah. Yep. 
I'm just like, I just wait. I just play the waiting game, but always being present, always being proactive, capitalizing on the opportunities that you're given. So starting a new contract is always the hardest. You're just right. scrambling around whenever the injury can happen. So it could happen at five o'clock, you know, in the, in the morning, or it could happen at five o'clock at night. You never know. Uh, but once they occur and the communications there, they trust you more. And then it's like, Oh, I'll, I'll wait till I see you tomorrow or something along those lines. So the, the adaptability is always the hardest in the beginning, but then you can kind of schedule things a little bit easier as time goes on. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. So anything else specifically to the industrial setting that you want to cover? If not, we can kind of jump into the AT chat questions that we ask everybody. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I mean, industrial wise, um, honestly, I, I think, I think we'll definitely put out like a call as we try and keep this thing growing of like, if you're in the industrial setup, we want to talk to you so we can start connecting, hopefully connecting people up. So this will be a perfect kickoff yeah. to that. Yes. Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, it's just very much, uh, you know, connecting with everybody, I guess, in the industrial setting, because you get so many different scenarios to work with. But I think it's just... Um, I don't know if I were to talk about anything industrial wise, I wish I did more with ergonomics uh, during my education as well. Cause I, I'm always kind of, I'm kind of playing catch up now after the fact. Um, so it, it's, you know, I'm, I'm always debating every day, you know, is it, it would it be worth an investment to get ergonomic certification? Uh, well, I have uh, my certified ergonomic assessors uh, specialist certification, but you know, the, there's, there's structured ones in order for you to be titled an ergonomist that kind of thing. Um, so you know, anybody that's interested in getting into the industrial setting, if you're just interested in ergonomics, it's definitely something to delve into. There's a lot of material in it. Um, so it's, it's kind of good to know just as, as an company to having a background in kinesiology and whatnot. So, um, but nothing really specific with industrial. Um, good. I to touch on. Yeah. I'm sure they'll kind of come up as we get into these questions. You can relate it back. But the first one is, what does being an athletic trainer mean to you? This might be overdone, but it's just being an athletic trainer to me is literally just helping people. I, I know, I, I feel like Love that's it. always the go-to answer, right? But the, the source of it is, is like, I, I just, even growing up, I just knew, like injuries are just interesting. Yep. But if I could be that source of help, in a time of someone else's need, that's huge. Um, that that's just being an athletic trainer is being that that rock. That you know, if, if somebody is injured, they're at their, their their most painful moment, or they're struggling, or there's some level of stress involvement there. That you can be that source of relief, that that source of um, you know bringing some sort of help into that person's life. And it, it's literally what it is. I, I, that's a huge reward. And being an athletic trainer, you can just you know, encompass any and all avenues of that, whether it be prevention, rehab, um, you know, just looking at somebody and reassuring them that they're going to be okay. Just something along those lines. Um, that's huge, just being an athletic trainer. Um, and I just, even going back, if I were to do everything all over again, I mean, I, I wouldn't. Like, being an athletic trainer has really been... <laughs> <laughs> somebody's losing their mind way in the back <laughs> so yeah yeah um that's that's the way to describe it being an athletic trainer definitely right. helping others that's a great answer thank you for that <laughs> one 
Uh, what advice would you give yourself as a young athletic trainer? I mean, I, no, neither one of us are exactly pushing veteran status yet, but even if you could go back five years or whatnot, what would, what advice would you give yourself? I don't know. My joints are starting to feel it. I've been immersed in, <laughs> in, in an older generation here over on this side. I'm starting to acclimate to their, their culture. <laughs> I think the arthritis is starting. There you uh, go. No, honestly, and and even working with an older population, they're they're like, if I were to go back in time and be another age, you know, what would it be? Or you know, if you were to, and they always say their thirties. Uh, and right now, I'm in my thirties and been a certified athletic trainer now for uh, ten years. Um, and if if I were to if I were to Ultimately, as, as a young athletic trainer, I'm always getting advice, but a good piece of advice that I was given recently, because when you're certified and you're, you're, you're always trying to prove yourself, you're always trying to prove yourself. So you kind of become a doer as an athletic trainer. You just constantly do things, do things, do things. As you start progressing and almost accomplishing the things that you want to accomplish to start having more faith in others that, okay, you don't always have to be the one to do it, you know, okay. but, um, trusting in your team. Um, and, and, um, basically, uh, showing some sort of, um, basically working on leadership skills in varying ways. We're always given leadership skills and, you know, here's a scenario, here's an injury and here's how you're taught to be a leader. But now there's, you're, you're now managing more and more people as, as you succeed and as you progress. And especially in the industrial setting, I'm not just taking care of people in Sussex, Wisconsin. I'm not taking care of people in different zip codes. So it's very much a, um, you know, communication, all that other stuff obviously comes into play. But as a young athletic trainer, gosh, you're just, you're just going, you're just doing everything all by yourself almost, you feel like. Um, but as you kind of progress and kind of move on, um, um, best case, the best advice I was given is, is just now that, now that you're starting to come into a new position and a new, there's a lot of things that are out of your control. Right. Um, you know, so it's very much a, uh, um, it's almost, almost kind of learn, you learn a little bit to relax. <laughs> can understand that one too. So, yeah. So, yeah. I guess that's the, the best advice is it gets better. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, it, yeah. it'll get better, you know, keep, keep, keep your nose to the grindstone. But I know there's been a lot of my oh. colleagues, um, they've left the athletic training profession or it was the stepping stone into another profession. Um, and it's, it's disheartening to see that, um, athletic trainer, athletic training is, is just great. Um, so it's great to find an avenue in which we thrive and we believe in 2021, you're supposed to have the biggest percentage of, um, older, um, uh, an older workforce. Um, mm -hmm. they really rely on, on people like us, uh, for sure. So um, it's good to know that it's going to be a continuously growing environment and it's going to be peaking actually very soon. Uh, all of our baby boomers, they're, they're getting up there and they're still active. And some of them, you know, they're never going to retire. That's for sure. Right. So, right. Uh, yeah. What has been one of the most influential resources that you have found in your career? Influential resources. Honestly, I'm always flashing back to my education um, okay. when I when I whenever I'm in a scenario it's really weird I'm always flashing back to 
I'm going to throw out names, you know, I'm always flashing back to Winterstein, you know, yeah. it's like, it's something, I don't know what they do. Do they put something in the water in Madison? I don't know. They, they're, they're in my head all the time. Yeah. Um, there's always something that he had said in a class uh, back in 2007 that just pops up in my head with certain scenarios. Um, you know, I even remember he would tell us, like, you know, make sure that you're finding hobbies outside of work. Don't get so immersed. Obviously, if you love athletic training and you love what you do, you know, work doesn't feel like work, but you, you need to kind of reset your mind outside of that. Um, Chuck Hart, there have been things that he said that stuck in my head. There were things that I was doing the other day that I was investing a ton of time in, and I just, I heard his voice in my head saying, Andrea, you should be working smarter, not harder. You know, little things. And it's just, I think the most influential um, people like for me as an athletic trainer were the ones that helped develop me and develop my skill set. Uh, West Virginia University, Mike Castleman, you know, the, the these people that guide us through difficult uh, scenarios, you know, dealing with injury, you're always in either a chaotic setting or a setting in which there's a high stress moment, anything the people that guide you through this in order to, to train you to be that rock. Um, I feel like they're the most influential and they stick with me every single day. I like it. That was the first one we had on going back to education. So that's good. Yeah. Everybody's always like coworkers or, you know, colleagues, which isn't a bad one. So it's good to get a different take. Right. If you could go back and change or eliminate like one thing, it could be a modality, a common practice, a mindset, you know, whatever it may be in the field of athletic training, what would it be? Oh, trying to filter my words here. <laughs> trying to come up with real thinkers. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, if I were to eliminate. Or change. Or change. Yeah. Um. I don't know about eliminate or changing. I think right now when change kind of pops up in my head, and especially when you talk about practice modalities, um, in my setting right now, we don't, you know, our modalities are very limited. We just have heat, ice, that kind of thing. So it's kind of almost simplistic. We rely a lot on our hands, taping techniques, little things like that. So I guess the best approach would be, um, you know, I, I would like to change a little bit of that mindset um, of, of athletic training. Um, I'm still out there um, building relationships with other providers. And it's almost like I'm trying to prove myself to those that haven't worked with athletic trainers before. Like this is what we do. Um, right. And we're still, you know, it's 2019. Not everybody's been involved in sports. So it's very much, you know, I know there's the misconception we hear personal trainer all the time. When I first started on, it was guys started reaching out saying, Hey, what can I do for, you know, I'm, I'm looking to get six pack abs and I'm like, right. oh, that's not what I do. <laughs> but even like with other providers, let me know what you find. Right, right. With other providers and trying to collaborate, it's building those relationships. This is what I'm here to offer. And this is how I'm here to help you. Um, so it's, it's ultimately, um, again, that, that culture change, but I, I really, I feel like there's still a lot of development that needs to happen with our profession. Um, because it's not as known you, know, you hear nurse and you ultimately can, can go to a thought, you know, nurse right. is a very known profession, you know, athletic training, not so much. Um, you know, a lot of people still, well, what do you do and how do you do it? And even, you know, other providers, uh, primary care practices, physicians, 
um, that I've been working with and building relationships with, um, they're, they're slowly kind of coming into that. Oh, so this is what you can do. And, and this is how I can use you and vice versa. You know, this is what you're able to do for me. So it's been, honestly, I think that that would be something that, that I, I think continuously needs to, to change. Um, and and it, it'll, it'll come with time. I know that, but um, it's definitely there. Uh, it could be better for sure. Definitely. I couldn't agree with you more. Uh, we just had Dr. Doug Casa on campus the last few days, and he was just kept referencing we have to keep presenting ourselves as medical providers. We can't, we can't lose sight of that. Like you're, you're a medical provider, be in it for the medical. And so I, it was just kind of really hit home. But it is, it is, yeah. You're an allied healthcare professional. That is you know, the, the definitive title of an athletic trainer. And it's, right. it's pushing that idea. I'm here. I'm here for that. So, yeah. Final question, um, and this will be interesting, coming from you and your setting, is where do you see the athletic training profession going in the next five to ten years? It's going gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna to blast. It's going to blast, like, completely out of – I mean, the industrial setting – just when I came on and just started being an athletic trainer, it was just, it was amazing. Like the word just went everywhere. Like, Oh, she's doing this and she's doing that. Well, we want one. Well, we want one. And now we're, we're going to be doubling in size. And there's been a lot of discussion of growth with the athletic trainer. Cause they're like, wow, you can take care of us and do ergo and all this other stuff that we need you to do. And knowing that, you know, we're looking at trends, we're looking at, you know, injuries sustained, well, what leads to these injuries when you're in an active environment sprains and strains are like number number one it's always like one of the highest there um so all these companies all of these things that we need on a daily basis um you know electricity uh we need our pipes being laid for plumbing um there's so many active people out there that we rely on on a daily basis that um it, our, our workforce is is the, the highest um the highest percentage of our active workforce is going to be at its oldest in 2021. So there's going to be so much more potential growth going on in that realm because we see so many of these springs and strains coming to fruition at certain age points in our lives. And it's not anything in the negative sense. It's just sometimes these people aren't given tools um, to prevent these things going forward, or even just, they're just used to doing the same thing for such a long period of time. Uh, that things come to fruition at certain ages. And it's amazing to see how resilient our bodies can be over time. Um, they always kind of, they like to be hard on themselves. Mm-hmm. I'm doing, this is happening because I'm old. Right. I'm old. I'm like, no, I've seen 20-somethings have this exact same injury. <laughs> you know, it's just amazing to me that you're able to do things a certain way for such a long period of time and you've been fine. Right. So it's very much a education piece, all of that stuff. I, I think an athletic trainer just really with us being able to provide that level of information and even just, you know, me going back and looking at my history in sports, having that history in sports has been able to bring those stories kind of into the industrial realm. You know, I could talk to somebody and say, I've had this exact same scenario with a football player and, you know, they, they didn't have to be of a certain age or anything like that. So everybody, they're just, they're, they're so hard on themselves because of age. It's just, it's, I, I really think that athletic trainers, we, we need more of them. I, I just, I love having 
now that we've onboarded the two athletic trainers for our company, it's great to shop talk, you know, right. you know, if I'm taking care of you and you're, you know, you're working at that company that I'm at, um, you know, I can, I can share my experiences about your injury to these other athletic trainers and they'd be like, well, can you, did you try this? And did you try that? Obviously, you know, with the resources that we have available for first aid. So, um, it's, it's awesome to have them on board. I, I just, I hope we get more in the future. I really, I know it's been, it's, it's one of those things that through the acquisition, we've got a lot of things on our plate going forward, but it's going to be exciting. Sounds awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this has been extremely insightful uh, and I really appreciate you taking the time. And so just well, I appreciate it. it. If people want to get in touch with you, is there a place they can follow you or connect up with you that you're comfortable sharing? Definitely, definitely. So my email last name, which is a doozy, sorry. It's a dosedla, my A dosedla, D-O-S-E-D-L-A at quad.com. Okay. And they can always reach out there. Um, you know, even my office number, um, completely open to any sort of communication there. Um Oh, let's see here. I always forget my office number because I never call myself. It's 414-566-7627. Um, if there's any athletic trainers out there that just want to talk industrial, um, you know, it's just easier to talk about it too. For sure. So, yeah. So that's, you know, office. Um, you can look me up online. Um, I've got Facebook, Instagram, any of that. Perfect. Yeah. So. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm hoping to to connect with you know more individuals in this area or just in general. It's really good to talk industrial. I feel like we need to, you know, connect more and just talk about just scenarios in general and how we can better ourselves um, you know, within this within this realm. Couldn't agree more. 